Welcome back, everybody. We have now come to our Encounter with God section. You're with Lyle and Mon on The Breakfast Show. And before we get to our Bible study, Mon, we have our quiz question. Nobody has called in on the quiz question yet. It's hard. We have stumped everybody. I've got the answer, though. Yeah, I you figured it out. It. I, did, and I, I did, I did, I did. I, I did. do have a feeling this third clue is going to make it a lot easier. So let me okay, quickly okay. run through the yeah. clues again. Uh-huh. So it is a what am I question. Mm-hmm. So clue one was God said he would make Gog drop these from his right hand. Clue two was Elisha commanded Jehoash, king of Israel, to strike the ground with these. And clue three is Jonathan used three of these to send a message to David. Okay, these clues are coming in and they're getting just easier and easier and easier. So give us a call. You know what our number is, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with the answer or just... Send us a message on Facebook and there will be a prize. Faith FM Australia on coming, Facebook. Coming your way. And of course, okay, I've got, I've, got another, I've got another quiz for you. Oh, yeah? Yes, I do. Go on. Hit it's me. all about our encounter with God. Oh, yeah? Okay, so, so what, what book am I? Right? Uh-huh. So the question is, this is a book that was written to a race and the race was not made up of Israelite or Hebrew people. So it was written to not a city or a person or anything like that. It was written to a race. I think I know what it is because I was actually reading it this <laughs> Yeah, you've been I was reading the intro cheating, to it. <laughs> cheating, cheating, cheating. Okay, so what language did these people speak then, Mon? I'm trying to come up with something here that you don't know the answer to. Uh, language, what language? Did they, uh, did they have their own language? Yes, they had their own language. Was it... Uh, Galatianese? I don't know. <laughs> no, it was Gaelic. Gaelic. Oh, of course it was Gaelic. Gaelic. Very nice. The book of Galatians was written to the Gaelic people. Oh. Of course, we don't have that many people who speak the Gaelic language these days. Hey, Mostly not at few, all. A few up in there in Scotland and a few in Wales, and that's about it. I was going to learn but, it one time. Um, I did buy a Gaelic dictionary, but didn't yeah. get very far. The Gaels, of course, course are also known as the Celts. Uh-huh. Um, and the Celts as a people used to spread uh, pretty much all the way from Asia through Western Europe, Britain, everywhere. They're a very large race of people. That's amazing because when you think of them now, you think of them being very contained. Like, Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. We often, when we think about Celts, we often think about... Uh, Scotland, Ireland, that's yeah, about it. That's it. That's it. But um, they were a very, very large race of people. And uh, the Apostle Paul took the gospel to the Celtic people mm-hmm. and wrote a book specifically to the Celtic people, which is one of the reasons why the Celtic people preserved the gospel for so long in its purity long after Christianity became corrupted during the uh, Dark Ages. Good on them. Praise the Lord and for And so that. if you go to, you know, if you were to go to uh, Scotland or or um, Ireland or Wales or places like that where there were large concentrations of Celtic people, you'll find that their form of Christianity was vastly different from uh, the Christianity of Western Europe and it was a Bible-based Christianity. They had their own translation of the Bible. It was a um, it was a salvation by grace alone Christianity. It was a Sabbath-keeping Christianity. Um, and that was maintained in Scotland all the way up until the time of the Great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. Wow. So there's a little bit of history lesson. I always love my history. I enjoy history. It's one of my favorite things. Yes, you're a history and, geek. Uh, yeah, it's like St. Patrick. You know, we always celebrate mm. St. Patrick as um, you know the Roman Catholic Irish saint who wasn't Irish and wasn't Roman Catholic, and but I've was al- a saint. I've also heard a in study. In the same way that you're a saint, in the same way I'm a saint. I've heard a study that not only do we celebrate St. Patrick's Day by, you know, a lot of people get, you know, drunk and they drink, but I've heard that a study where St. Patrick 
didn't actually drink himself no, no, at no, all. No, no, no. St. Patrick did not drink alcohol. Yeah, isn't that he crazy? Opposed, and that's how the world alcohol. celebrates his day. I know, I know. <laughs> just, just such a contradiction. That's our, that's our world today. <laughs> that's what we do. We take something that was pretty good in the past and, and we make a mess of twist it. Twist it all around mm-hmm. and make it something that it totally wasn't. But uh, he certainly was a godly man who had a massive influence in Ireland and definitely somebody who is worth remembering. Uh, once a year, particularly for the Irish people and somebody whose history is very much worth studying. Well, I wish on Patrick's Day we actually studied the history a bit more. And I'm now super excited to read about his people. Yeah, that's right. We've got a letter a letter written to St. Patrick's people right here in the Book of Galatians because, of course, St. Patrick was uh, um, a Celtic or, or British and, uh, um, and this book was written to the Celtic people. So the book of Galatians. Mm. Before we get to the book of Galatians, let's go to the book of Peter. Okay. Second Peter. Why not? Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 and 16. And here we're going to look at what the Bible actually has to say about Paul's letters in general. So obviously the book of uh of uh, Galatians, but Paul's letters in general. Have you got those uh, couple of verses yep. there for Second us? Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 say, And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. These are some things in them that are hard to understand, Sorry, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist in their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Oh, I find this one fascinating. Scandal. (laughs) Okay, so you've got Peter here, right? Peter is a fisherman. He is. he is a very simple person, uh-huh. and I really enjoy writing, reading what Peter wrote. And then you've got John. John is also a fisherman. He is a very simple person. First John, Second John, Third John, Gospel of John, Book of Revelation. Love those books; they mm-hmm. are so easy mm-hmm. to. Well, Revelation is kind of challenging, but they, you know, you, you you read you read John's books, and it's just like very simple, very basic. And then you hit Paul. And then oh, Paul gets all wordy. Why? <laughs> Paul, Paul is the lawyer. Uh-huh. You can see why he was training to become possibly one of the greatest lawyers that the Jewish nation had ever come across. Wow. Yeah, just amazing. Okay, so we've got some good things coming up uh, about Paul here. But one of the things that um, is interesting is that the way that Paul wrote his letters was seen to be unique to gospel writers for a long time. Literary experts said, you know, this is a a literary technique used by gospel writers. And of course here, Peter speaks of Paul's writings as being the scriptures, having the authority of scriptures, which is an important point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, the the basic format is you have an opening salutation, a a greeting, followed by um, a section of thanksgiving, followed by the main body, and then a closing remark. This sounds very similar to essays I had to write in uni, Lyle. Yeah. Opening a body and a conclusion. What's is there something ah, special about the, it? This one's special though, because you didn't have to put this in your essay, but in a gospel you have an opening, and then you have a passage of thanksgiving. 
It would be challenging for me to write a passage of Thanksgiving <laughs> to your while writing an essay to my professor. Oh, thank you so much for giving me all this hard work. You never know. You might get some really good grades out of that. I might try implementing yeah, that. Maybe, maybe, use the, maybe use the epistle format next time uh, for all of – if you are a listener today and you are studying at uni, maybe use the epistle format and you might get some extra marks when you hand in your essay for being thankful. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so it's good to be thankful at all times, and we find this format is used by Paul. And some years ago, they found researchers found uh, a whole collection of over. Let me just see here. Uh, it was like five hundred thousand ancient papyri. Going all the way back to the second century BC, uh, this of course was in Egypt where things are dry enough for them to last that long, and they found all kinds of personal letters and they found that this was the standard format. This is the way you wrote things in those days. So there's really nothing that special about the format at all. Nothing special about the format at all. It's yeah, just that's nice. what I thought. It was it was just it was nice. it was the polite way. It's like, you know, we used to start our letters dear so and so. And you still get letters that are written dear so and so. We don't speak to you know, I don't say, Oh dear Monica, it's good to have you here on the radio this morning. <laughs> We don't speak that way anymore. I think you should bring it back. I kind of like it's that, a, It's Lyle. a tradition from the past, uh, but email and particularly text messages have pretty much done away with that. And these days it's, hey, Mon, you know? Yeah. And, and you're pretty much starting from there. Things have become much less formal. And so, you know, things change over time. And uh, the book of Galatians, of course, starts with Paul, with his introduction, which is pretty much standard uh, introduction, but a little bit more emphasised. But hang on, just because they've discovered it was just a regular way of writing letters doesn't actually make it any less scriptural, right? Like Not Peter at all. still put that weight of importance on them, Ria. Absolutely. Okay. Good. And so, just checking. Every just part. Of, the Bible says that every word of God is inspired. Wow, praise the Lord. And so whether it's the salutation, whether it's the thanksgiving, whether it's the main body or whether it is the closing remarks, they are all inspired by God. Good to know. Yeah, when I was studying in college, we used to have a teacher who um, sometimes we would he would walk into class and he would open his Bible and he would point at a verse and he would then call out the verse and then he would point at somebody in the room and say, Lyle, come to the front and preach for us for five minutes on this verse. He believed How? that we needed to be trained to be instant, in season and out of season. And uh, it was actually a lot of fun. It was really challenging. You, just, I would have liked you pick up the Bible, you walk to the front, and as you're walking down you try to in the class, in your mind. you're like, okay, what does this verse actually here say? You know, and I picked up, once I got thrown the verse, um, it was something about um, Paul needing his coat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, was this really inspired? Was this really in the Bible? Well, the Bible says that all scripture is inspired of God. And there's a lesson have, to be learned from everything. I would have liked to have witnessed that class, but not actually been in attendance to that class. I would not have liked to have been someone yelling at me to go up the front and preach a, a five-minute sermon on some random, <laughs> random uh, verse. Yeah, that was a totally. That was really random. That one. It was just like, <laughs> what on earth are you thinking? <laughs> Where did this one come from? But I spoke about Paul's humanity and that Paul was a human being, just like you and I. You know, we we think we we put these guys yeah, on pedestals. You know, we do. But as 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 um. You know, as as as, uh, as the Bible says, you know, Elijah was a man just like us. Mm. Yeah, we certainly seem the- to, we seem to think that God gives them like special favor or special powers that He wouldn't do for us nowadays. But that's not true at all. God no, would do exactly what He did for Paul for us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so read for us the salutation. 
Okay. There's, a, there's an old English word. Does, do, do you know what the word salutation means? Is it like a greeting? Like, hey. Yeah, okay. Just, just making just sure. Check in. Just check in. I'm not sure whether. Salute. Yeah. Does that mean like oh, hello yeah. in a bunch some, of yeah, in, European in, languages? Yeah, yeah. Some, some languages they say that. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so where do I find this? Is this like in Galatians 1.1? 1, 1 Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. Okay, so the interesting thing is mm-hmm. this salutation is very similar to all of Paul's other ones but different. But diff- Okay, let's see yeah. if we can spot what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Paul, an apostle, not from men or through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Okay, let me read you one from Ephesians. I want you to compare it. Keep your eye on that and tell me how it's different. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus. Oh, he... Mm. Different. Okay, keep looking at Galatians. Uh-huh. I'll read you another one. Uh, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints of Jesus Christ at Philippi. Okay. You're starting to see something different yet? Yeah, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints at Colossae. Mm-hmm. Do you see the difference yet? There's a difference. Yeah. He, the other ones are all speaking to like the saints or the brothers, but he's not speaking to the churches. True. So he's writing not to a particular church. He's writing to a race. Uh-huh. There's something else here, though. He mentions um, Jesus Christ who raised him from the dead. Yes. And all the brothers that are with him. Mm. Am I getting close? Okay, let me let me point something out here. In Galatians, he says this: Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ. Mm. There is in his introductory salutation a defence of his apostleship. Wow. Okay. He's such a lawyer. Yeah. This tells me. This tells me something about what is going on in the Galatian churches, the Celtic churches. So it sounds like there's a bit of a bit of a back and forth thing happening. He's been undermined. Ah, so he's like dealing with issues right yeah. now. People come along and say, yeah, okay, Paul's an apostle because he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. But, you know, there are other apostles out there, like, for instance, Peter over here, who spent his whole three and a half years, the entire three and a half years with Jesus. Which one are you going to take more notice of? So the Galatians have drama and this is Paul already dealing with it this is drama and in his introductory salutation (laughs) he just starts swinging he just comes out swinging (laughs) what's the drama now I'm I'm really curious to know what is the drama that's going on okay watch this watch this okay so then you've got your thanksgiving section right Uh uh-huh and you sent thanksgiving section in some of your other um letters of Paul is like a chapter long okay and here your thanksgiving section um goes from uh, verse 3 mm-hmm. to verse 5. Pretty brief. And those are really short verses. So he comes out swinging. He and does like he two says, verses and gets back to swinging. And then says, yes, back to swinging. Um, Galatians 1 and verse 6. I marvel that you have so soon removed from him that called you under the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Ouch. Yeah, he's not mucking around, is he? <laughs> <laughs> he is not mucking around. He's not mincing his words. Yeah. So there was some there was some drama in this church. And Paul comes out and he's going to address the drama in the in the in the Celtic churches. Can we read this book as if God is addressing the drama in our hearts? Is that one way that we can yes. take it? There's two ways of taking it because well there's another lesson here too. Sometimes I have people come to me and like, Oh, I'm not going to this church, it's too toxic. Mm. Um, or I'm, you know, that church and this church and the other church and my church and whinge, 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 complain, complain, complain. 
And it's like, well, this is not God's church. This can't be God's church. Mm-mm. And yet here we find this is God's church. And God's church has a lot of drama here amongst the Celtic churches. And leaving it was not going to solve anything. Leaving is not going to solve anything. No, leaving is not the solution. Repentance and heartfelt confession and getting your life right and going to church not to be fed but to feed and to be a blessing to others is the solution to solving the problems in God's church. So if you've got some drama, check out the book of Galatians. Yeah. First Corinthians is pretty good as well. There's another one where it comes out swinging. I'm looking forward to reading both of those. Lots of issues right there. Okay, we're going to listen to, what have we got? Anna Beden, Knitted, coming right up. Fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands You are so fearfully, wonderfully made Somehow you forgot along the way Knitted together by my hands Swept away by the world's demands And I have called you by name Dearest child You are mine You are precious In my eyes Honored and I Love you I close
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to Lyle and Mon. And I'm going to quickly give you another clue. Yeah, nobody's come. Nobody's answered the yeah, quiz yet. It's been a hard yet. one. It's been a hard one. If you think you know what it is, get in touch with us. 1-800-FAITH-FM or text us 0491-064-669 or hit up our Facebook, Faith FM Australia. Clue number four. Four. This has been the right, first I've gotten. Yeah, we've been, to, we've been to clue number four once before. Oh, okay. Never made it to number five, so let's see what happens today. A quick recap. God said he would make Gog drop these from his right hand. Elisha commanded Je- Jehoash, king of Israel, to strike the ground with these. Jonathan used three of these to send a message to David. And Jehu used one of these to pierce the heart of Joram. Joram. So something you know, sharp. Something sharp. To be honest... While I did pick it on the second clue, none of these are, um, yeah, they're all they're all rather obscure stories, really. Okay, let me do. Let me give you like the, another clue. Okay, one okay. more. One, one more oh, clue. No, 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 no. no wait no, a we'll chuck in an extra. Come on. Uh, it's a it's a blank we'll, word. We'll one. break our record. We want to see if we want okay, to see if somebody fine. can fine. Yeah, okay, see, yeah. Get it on the fourth. Clue. Who used one of these to pierce the heart of Joram? Pierce. Focus on the word pierce. Something sharp that pierces. Yes. Okay, Lyle. Yes. I am like. My eyes are hanging out of my head. I am dying to know what all the drama is I think your eyes are hanging out of your head for other reasons than drama. <laughs> you see, for those of you who are new to the show, you might not know that Mon is a conflicted character. I am rather. I'm so not a morning person. <laughs> she is a breakfast show host who is not a morning person. Go it's figure. all God's fault. He gave me this job. <laughs> He's going to have to make me a morning person. I so am praying for keep, miracles. Keep sending the clues in for Mon to how to become a morning person. Yeah, and, send uh, me tips. Uh, she got some. She has a few extra tips there, and she'll probably send us a few more as we. Uh, she'll probably share a few more as mm-hmm. uh, as we continue on. Anyway, we were in the book of Galatians, and we were looking at um, some of the conflict that's going on in the book of Galatians, and I'm going to go down to. Well, actually, no. Before I go there, before I go there, mm-hmm. um, we find that here we've got a situation where the apostle Paul is being subtly undermined. Okay. Yeah. How do we find that the Bible these days is being subtly undermined? How do you find some of the – what are some of the ways that you see the Bible being subtly undermined? I guess people teaching uh, from the Bible but doing it erroneously. So like taking scriptures and just creating nonsense out of them and sort of just using it for their own purposes. Not so much like teaching what the Bible says – for its own, you know, the yes. Bible itself, but sort of they sort of, you know, twist it around to suit what they want it to Take say. Take a couple of random verses, you can, yeah. you can teach anything from the Bible. Exactly. A little bit like the guy who was, um, he was, um, you know, wanted some direction from, from, from the Bible, and so he, he closes his eyes, opens the Bible, stabs his finger, and uh, the Bible says Judas went and hanged himself. It's like, oh. <laughs> Is that an instruction? That's, that's, that's not very good. <laughs> um, so he's like, closes his eyes, opens the Bible, stabs his finger again, and he's like, I need some, I need some guidance here. And it says, go and do that likewise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and like, oh, no, this is getting worse. And the scary thing is like... No, no, I haven't finished. I haven't finished. Sorry, go on. Because he does it a third time. A third time? A third time. He closes the Bible, stabs his finger, and it says, what thou doest, do, do it quickly. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no way. So it just goes to show that if you take passages out of context, you can prove anything from the you Bible. You just do it willy-nilly. And, but this is the problem, right? I don't, I don't believe that there are that many good-hearted people out there who intentionally decide they're going to teach error using the Bible. I think these people have genuinely fooled themselves oh, first. Just read a random verse somewhere. And, and then gone, oh, they're yes. teaching it to everyone else. So, I mean... There is kind of like the question, like how do you how do you protect yourself from making the same kind of error, no matter how well intentioned we are? By taking the by reading the Bible in context and okay. by studying context and understanding it, 
and, uh, and and looking for it. There are other ways the Bible is undermined, though. Often you'll find passages of the Bible, and people say, "Oh, that's just um, you know, that's a that's a symbolic allegorical story." Mm. Um, and this is something that's been around since the fourth century. You know, began with people like Oregon and Eusebius who just taught you know the whole Bible is just it's just allegorical. You know, the Book of Genesis is not history; it's just it's all allegory. It's there to teach spiritual lessons, and in doing so, they make Christianity very similar to Buddhism. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's a philosophy. Uh, uh, you know, if you prove that Buddha never existed, it's not going to make any difference to Buddhism. Yeah, it's true. If you yeah, prove that Jesus Christ about... never existed, Christianity doesn't exist. Yeah, because faith shouldn't be a philosophy. No, yeah. no. It's much yeah. more than a philosophy. I've never thought about that. It's a reality. Oh, amen. Because yeah. if, if it can't be real, why would you place your faith on it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You and, need strong, and, and then strong you get solid this, ground. You get this situation where people start to decide, okay, well, this one is allegorical and this one isn't. Mm-hmm. The question that goes through my mind is, if you can't trust Genesis chapter 1, how do you trust, trust John 3.16? Amen. That's a really good question, you know, I'm, I'm serious. If, if, uh, if Genesis chapter 1 is just you know, some uh, vague allegorical thing and we can't take that as being historical, then how do we know that Jesus said what he said when he said, God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One of the greatest promises in the Bible that Jesus gave to us. Okay, but some of the stuff in the Bible isn't actually real, like parables, right? So how do you tell the diff? The difference is when they are clearly described as being a parable and God always goes out of his way when he wants to give us something allegorical. Okay. To give us extreme language to show that, yes, please don't take this seriously. You know, for instance, in the book of Judges where you read the story where the trees had a council together. <laughs> you know, and you have you have the fig tree talking to the cedar tree, talking to um, the blackberry bush, the bramble bush. You know, and they're all and various other trees, and they're all having this conversation together. This is extreme language that God is using to illustrate that this is to be taken allegorically rather than historically. Okay, so basically, if it's going to be doing like a like a story, like a parable, it does let you know the Bible. Yes, another great example is the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a crazy story you know, because you've got Lazarus burning in hellfire, and mm-hmm. he wants a drop of water on the tip of his tongue, as if that's going to quench a fire. <laughs> or a God thirst. is going to great lengths to say, "Okay, don't look for the spiritual lesson here. Don't take this as a literal depiction of what hellfire looks like." Well, I also feel some of it might actually be common sense as well. However, we're going to... Something that's not so common these days. That's true. We are going to stop now and we're going to take a break and Adele will be coming in and doing... So not Adele, Neil Thompson with Love Matters because love does matter right after this song. And we'll be back after Neil with our quiz segment. It seems like there's so much to hope for So many dreams I wish they all could come true But when I think about your ways, Lord It gives me so much faith in all that 
if what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Someone called it a care package there. (laughs) Wow. Welcome to Love Matters. You're listening to to Neil Thompson on Faith FM. And today we're looking at how do you slow down a relationship that's moving too fast or is moving too quickly or is actually moving too quickly a good thing, you know, especially if you both know you love each other. Wow. Uh, It sounds like we've got a good good thing going on. You know, if that's your relationship, you've actually got a really good thing going on. Now, how do you slow it down? And is slowing down even a desirable thing? Well, yes and no. You know, I have friends who met their lifelong partner. They met and then, a, and it seemed like only a very short time later they were engaged and even a shorter time later they were married and they've been happily married for 20, 30 years. I mean, and yet I've seen others who have dated for like a couple of years and got married, the relationship fell apart in a short period of time. In fact, um, one person I know, the relationship fell apart the night of the honeymoon. It's just like, okay, how does that even happen? So I don't think that there's a right or wrong with moving too fast or too quickly or too slowly. I think it's actually having a high degree of certainty around that this person is the right person for you and then what you're going to do with those decisions. So why would you want to slow it down? Well, I think the the prime reason why people would want to slow it down is because they're feeling like there's too much emotional energy attached to this relationship, in which case it's becoming purely sexual. And if the relationship's becoming really sexualized, then at the heart of that is a fear that they will end up doing things that they regret and maybe this person's not the right person in the end. And, and then what do we do? How do we repair that? Um, So at that point, what I would want you to do is to actually work on the other areas of intimacy that may be missing in your relationship. So, you know, have you had decent conversations around finances and are your goals the same? Are you, uh, are your attitudes around children and the parenting of children, do they match? Are your attitudes around spirituality, are they aligned or are they not aligned? And, and so on. So there's a whole lot of different things that come to, to that that you'd want to actually work on so that you actually have a solid friendship going forward. Of course, if you've got those things and you find that it's so easy to talk to your partner about anything and you actually find that you really uh, are well connected to each other and that you can see being together as a lifelong thing is really easy for you and you're actually energized with being around each other, then I don't see that there's a real need to want to just slow that down 
because um, it can actually work. You could actually, you know what you want. So go ahead, maybe get engaged, maybe get married and, and look at that as being really solid, good choices. The key is, remember, what it takes to build a great relationship is a deep abiding friendship that that you actually enjoy being in each other's company, hanging out together and doing things together. That's number one. The second thing is that you're romantically connected, that you find that there's a, a sense of wow about each other and being in each other's presence at a real sense of joy. And then there's what you actually invest your time and energy into, the projects and the parenting and what you give birth to in your relationship, not just physically kids, but so many other things as well. If you If you know that you've got that, then rock on. You've actually got a relationship that will go somewhere. And it's even more so if you believe that God is in the heart of your decision making. So just take God into the heart of that decision making. Take God into the heart of what builds intimacy. And you'll discover that you won't be going too fast or too slow. Well, stay tuned. There's so much more coming up on Faith FM.
That was Maranatha Music. Great is thy faithfulness. Indeed, God's faithfulness is just amazing, isn't it? Amen. Now, we have uh, our question and answer section right now. But before we get to our question and answer section, we thought we were going to set a new record today. And we didn't. No, I'm so pleased. <laughs> somebody has sent an answer through to our question, our quiz question of the day. Good on you, listeners. And so Andrew from Maitland says the answer is darts or arrows. And it is indeed arrows. Arrows. There you go. Depending on which translation you read, it'll be darts or arrows. And what are we sending him? Are we sending him a CD? Yes, he's getting a, uh, there'll be a um, uh, Melissa Otto album coming his way. So thank oh, you, Andrew, lovely. for being a part of the show today. And Tune in tomorrow to win another answer. one. That's right, absolutely. Oh, he's from Maitland too. That's, um, that's, out our, that's, that's out my way. Nice and local. I pastor the church there in Maitland. So, oh, here um, we just go a little, again. Yeah, that's right. Plugging Maitland Church. Of course. Saturday morning, <laughs> 9.30 and 11 o'clock. Be there. Amen. Very good. Okay, so what do we got coming up? Uh, we have question of the day. This has come through for, from a listener, and what it, it says, the question is: What does it mean to live is Christ? To live is Christ. Let me read you the verse. I'm not even sure I understand the question, Lyle. Well, when I read the verse, you will understand the question. Okay, Here it go comes. ahead. Go ahead. Philippians chapter one, verse twenty-one. For to, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Okay. okay. Now, now, yeah. we, mm-hmm. we, we did read from Peter that some of the things that Paul yeah, says. Yeah. <laughs> Paul's makes, a bit wordy. He's a bit wordy. It makes it hard to understand. All right. So what does it mean to live is Christ? Uh, I'm going to give a bit of context to this if we back up to the previous verse because we also talked about this morning the importance of context. It says, according to my earnest or my strongest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness all the time, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether by my life or my death. So Paul is like, the, the, the greatest, my greatest aim, my greatest aspiration is for Christ to be magnified in me. That is a very high aspiration and a noble one as well, one that yeah. she'll be striving for. Now, before I read that context, you were going to share something on this question. No, I just didn't get it. I'm like, how do you live is Christ? It doesn't actually make any grammatical sense. But when you say live is Christ and then the other option. It's to die is gain. It's to die is gain. How is, how is dying gain? I guess if you die to self. Perhaps. Yes, absolutely. Dying to self is definitely gain because that's how you will achieve true greatness in life. Dying to self is also, I think, maybe like one of those phrases that Christians often use that people yeah. might not understand. What does it mean to die to self? It means to live for others. It means that um, we're going to you know, put others first, put God number one, and put God as 100% in charge of our entire life. Okay, so basically our self, our selfish nature, you could almost say, is dead. Yes. And we're putting other people first. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you find uh, uh, true satisfaction. I see Paul bringing through something else here. He wants absolutely everything in his life to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. Everything is, is, is just all about Jesus. It is all about being like Jesus. It is all about showing people what Jesus is like. It is just all about you know taking people's focus and placing them on Jesus through the way that he is living his life. Amen. 
So we've got uh, here this passage to live is Christ. He, says, he continues on, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. Anyway, we're going to continue on at this time. We're going to listen to the sing team, Satisfied in You. I have lost my appetite And the flood is welling up behind my eyes So I eat the tears I cry And if that were not enough They know just the words to cut and tear and prod When they ask me where's your God Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your face to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you my fainting flesh I am satisfied in you when I'm staring at the ground it's an inbred feedback loop that brings me down so it's time to lift my brow And remember better days When I love to worship you In all your ways With the sweetest songs of praise Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I can remember when you showed your grace to me As a deer pants for water, so my soul thirsts for you And when I survey your splendor, you so I am satisfied in you. Let my sighs give way to songs that sing about your faithfulness. Let my pain reveal your glory as my only real rest. Let my losses show me all. 
breakers and your waves crash down on me I'll recall your safety scheme You're the one who made the waves And your son went out to suffer in my place And to tell me that I'm safe Why am I down? Why so disturbed? I am satisfied in you 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 That was the Sing Team here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. We have come to that part of the show where we like to give something away, something special to you, our listener. So what have we got coming up today, Mon? What are we giving away today? I just want to say I love giving stuff away. It's yes. so much fun. That's why the Bible says it is more blessed to give than receive. So if you are looking for a blessing today, then give us a call and we can give you something that will give us a blessing and then you can give something to somebody else, mm-hmm. a random act of kindness, and you will receive a blessing. Tomorrow we've got a bit of a story about giving and the kindness of giving. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you Ooh, tomorrow. But okay. right now we are giving away a book called End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times by Mark Finley. Now, that kind of links in if you weren't here at the beginning of the show. And if you weren't here at the beginning of the show, you need to have an excuse. But if you weren't here at the beginning of the show, we were talking about the Doomsday Vault. Mm, the Doomsday Vault in Norway. Where people are preparing for Doomsday by, by preserving all kinds of seeds. Well, seeds in Norway, uh-huh. They're preserving, and cold. they're preserving seeds that uh, might, you know, plants might that might dis- yeah, yeah. disappear. It's a, it's a great idea. And stuff. Yeah. But this is great because this book, you know, it definitely talks about how to survive Armageddon, how to learn to trust God even in a crisis. But it also talks about choices and like the fact that choices have eternal consequences. You know, and we often live with the past, you know, the mistakes we made back then and uh, and how we deal with that as well. Mm, fantastic. Yeah. So I'm taking the, I'm guessing that this book will take us to Psalms 91 amongst other places as the one of the ways that well, the, the, the way the, the place that you can hide at the end of time. So a very important book uh, for a very important time. Of course, we are definitely living in the last days. The Bible is very very clear about that. All of the prophecies that point to the last days are being fulfilled right around us right now. Mm. And uh, and so uh, a topical book right there. So if you want to receive this book, Mon, how do they get this book? They need to be the first person to contact us. So you can call us on one eight hundred Faith. 
FM, which is 1-800-324-843. You can text us 0491-064-669. You can jump on our website and email us, faithfm.com.au. You can even jump on our Facebook. Just search for Faith FM Australia. And, of course, if you are listening to the delayed broadcast and you would like to listen to us live or if you're struggling with a weak signal, don't forget you can listen to us online at faithfm.com.au and even better still, the tune in app. It's the best app. Tune Take in. It, just put it on your phone. Take it with you wherever you go. Listen to it through your headset or your car stereo or mm-hmm. just however you want. Blast it on your boombox. Nah, don't go, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow's show. I'm looking forward to finding out more about the drama in Galatians as we continue yes, our encounters indeed. with God. Well, thank you very much for listening. We will be here. You'll be hearing from us same time tomorrow. And now we have some music coming up. And after that, more great programming. Stay tuned. <laughs>